Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN Weekly for Saturday, September 9th, 2023. And our top story today, the threat of high interest rates continue to dog big tech stocks. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Jane King is a financial journalist joining us from the NASDAQ. Jane, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Great to be here, Jeffrey. Yeah, I always love talking stocks. We're going to talk tech in a, in a minute, but I wanted to check in with you. Another thing that came across my desk, the United Auto Workers, I think there was some there's some strife there between uh, automakers and their uh, collectively bargained units. Uh, they seem like they're actually pretty far apart. So uh, the UAW is asking for a 46% pay increase. Uh, that's mm-hmm. over, I believe, four years, four or five years. Um, a 32-hour work week. They want to gain a foothold in the emerging electric vehicle industry. So Ford came back with a 9% pay increase, plus some lump sum payments. GM came back with a 10% pay increase. The UAW called that insulting. Uh, we're still, you know, Stellantis, formerly Chrysler, is also uh, an automaker they're negotiating with. So they it feels like they're really far apart. Um, I grew up in a union town. Uh, automaker's a huge Chrysler plant there. In fact, the head of the UAW is from my hometown in Kokomo, Indiana. So um, it's interesting to see how this goes. The Midwest would really be impacted if there'll be a strike. Yeah, that wouldn't. I don't think that would be a good thing for any anybody. It's not in anyone's interest not to work. It's not in in the interest of the of the workers. It's not in the interest of the companies. Certainly not in the interest of the consumers who need cars. Yeah. Uh, although they're finding higher auto insurance. Uh, Currently, and if you're the automaker, you've got to worry about Tesla, which is not unionized, competing with them. Chinese cars are starting to have an impact, particularly overseas. So you got to worry about that. So this is going to be this is a thorny negotiation. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a strike out of this next week. Yeah, to be a fly on the wall in that room. Uh, Jane, let's talk about um, high interest rates, tech stocks. They, They have really these projected high interest rates because we're in a the you know highest interest rates in two decades at least yes. mm-hmm. have an impact obviously on a lot of areas of our economy but really have an impact on the valuation of tech stocks and that's been dragging some of the big tech stocks down well yeah the nasdaq's had the worst week of all the major indexes so i mean the thinking is you know people put money in tech stocks to get a higher return because they tend to pay back more than you know say a old stodgy industrial company or something. But if these interest rates go up, you can just move some of that money over there risk-free and get a nice return on it. So um, that's why we're seeing the tech stocks hit more than some of the other um, stocks. And we've had some um, economic reports out this week that show that we may get at least one more interest rate hike this year, maybe two. Um, So that's caused the market to pull back. And it looks like jobs you know there were i think we when we had talked recently it wasn't last week but i think it maybe was several weeks ago you know the jobs numbers i think it came in unexpectedly low now in in the service i think it was the service industry in particular yeah the reports are that jobs are actually going well which could mean we could have longer rates for longer higher interest rates for longer i mean that's one thing the federal reserve wants is is a looser labor market um, because the tight labor market causes inflation. So those weekly jobless claims too had been hovering near lows we haven't seen since January. So this kind of mixed signals coming from the labor market and that could mean we'll see some more interest rate hikes this year. 
All right. Well, Jane, always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for joining us. And I didn't even know you were from originally from Indiana. That is that is awesome. That's, that's, that's really cool. cool. Yes. Hello to all our Indiana viewers. Here's here's <laughs> one of your own. Jane, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look okay. forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Thanks, Jane. Great to see you as always. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. And when we come back, we take a look back at some of our best segments for the week. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN Weekly. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Welcome back. This week we discussed how to avoid all that marketing spam. Let's take a look. So spam is email that you don't want to receive. And there are sort of a couple of ways of thinking about it. There's spam that scammers send, which is email that's designed to you know, trick you, um, to get you to share money or your sensitive personal information. Uh, and no one wants to receive that. No one wants to... Um, you know, be on the, the wrong end of a scam. But there's also some people call spam uh, marketing emails. So advertising emails that they'll get from legitimate companies, uh, even companies that they're customers of, that they just don't want to receive. So it's actually called the Can Spam Act. And uh, it's it's different than uh, the do not call list. There isn't a, a do not email list. But what's really important, I think the key, can spam is really a, a privacy law. And the key provision of it is the requirement in uh, marketing emails that companies include a way for people to opt out of receiving more marketing emails, and they let people know that that's an option. You know, each company really gets a, we'll, we'll see a wide range of, yeah, some have very detailed lists of, you know, preferences you would like to receive and not receive. Um, the law only requires that companies have one of the options be, I don't want to receive any marketing email from you. And so if 
if a person clicks that, uh, then the, the company has 10 business days to make sure that they honor that request, uh, but then they can't um, send marketing email to that person. Um, but I do want to make clear that marketing email is a different from some of these other emails that you sort of alluded to, like like monthly or quarterly bank statements, for example, sure. those those uh, are under an exception to that opt-out requirement in the law. And so when you receive your monthly bank statement, for example, that doesn't need to have an unsubscribe because we're presuming that that's information that you want because you're a customer of a bank and, and want to know how your account is doing. So I think if you are getting email that is marketing email, so it's advertising email that doesn't have an unsubscribe, that violates can spam and you should uh, tell us at the FTC. You can go to reportfraud.ftc.gov uh, and let us know about that because the law requires that companies that are sending marketing email need to give you a way to say, hey, I don't want to receive this anymore. And some and other things. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Go, no, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. I just gonna say, so some other things you can do. You know, email filters on your email program are are really effective. Most popular email providers have them, and they allow you to, if you know, for the emails that don't get filtered out by that filter, you can mark them as spam, and that information goes to your email provider to improve the uh, the filters. And that often does a really good job of catching catching spam, especially the the really scammy kind. It's also yeah. important you could limit your exposure to spam by using a couple of email addresses. You could have an email address that you use for personal correspondence, for talking with your friends and family or, or writing with your friends and family, and another that you use for things like shopping. And you should also try not to display your email address in public on things, even on things like social media sites. We know that spammers will go to these websites and they'll harvest those email addresses and they'll use that to send people spam. Now, obviously, this is illegal, um, but it's a way to protect yourself is just not to have your email address out there. And you should think about who you share your email address with on, like, say, a website. Some websites are very transparent uh, in letting you know that they will share or sell your email address uh, and others aren't. And sometimes it can be really difficult to tell. So just be careful when you're sharing your email address. Um, once you give it, you might not know exactly where it can go from there. And we also discuss the Secure 2.0 regulatory focus. Let's take a look. Well, let me, let me say it this way, Jeff. If the IRS is listening right now, first, thank you for, for that delay. But secondly, uh, what, what would be next on my list? What's the next highest priority to get some guidance on? And everyone would have a different answer. My answer would be we need guidance on the new long-term part-time rule. This is a rule from Secure 1.0, but enhanced by Secure 2.0 that requires a 401k plan to offer participation to employees who have worked for a, a series of years, was three, now moved down to two, worked at least 500 hours a year. And very important because it affects most 401k plans and we've gotten almost no guidance. The IRS has said, we're working on proposed regulations. We hope to get them soon. It can't come soon enough. That kicks in for many plans starting next year. They've got to start letting these part-time employees into the plan. A lot of questions about, about how that's going to work. Um, another one that I think we have been waiting on, a Secure 1.0 issue, are final regulations related to the changes made by Secure 1.0 to required minimum distributions or RMDs, significantly changed how things work 
when a participant or IRA owner dies. And I will say, you know, I know you have a lot of advisors that that follow this. They are waiting with bated breath to understand how IRS resolves some of those um, um, provisions. Also important for the record keeping industry, members of Spark, uh, because it affects their programming. And the last one I'll mention, and this one is just for you advisors. If you have not heard of a provision called partial annuitization, a secure 2.0 provision, uh, you need to learn a lot about it because it's an incredibly powerful tool uh, to help your higher net worth customers. It's also helpful for plan participants um, with their RMDs. And the, basically the way that it works is if you have a client or plan participant who annuitizes part of their account, not the whole thing, most people wouldn't annuitize all their savings, but they buy an annuity and they annuitize some of it. It allows you to take credit for those payments against the RMD that your client otherwise has to take. And in some circumstances can reduce the RMD that your client would otherwise have to take by 90%. Very powerful tool. Um, if I can give you with any homework, that's one that we, we do need some guidance on, we're hoping this year, and one that advisors should pay attention to. Well, it's going to be a mix. So there's going to be some pieces of guidance that will come out as kind of Q&As. There may be a comment period, but not a proposed regulation. You may have heard of talk of an IRS grab bag notice, and that'll take, I don't know, five or six provisions of Secure 2.0 and answer some questions. There are other things that will be proposed regulations, like the long-term part-time rule. That's going to be a proposed regulation comment period, which is good because it's complex. Another example of something that will have a comment period will be the Department of Labor's fiduciary rule, which geez, you and I have been doing this for a long time. It's now a dozen years, and that, that is still going on. And the Department of Labor is saying, expect a new proposal uh, sometime soon. And that will also occupy uh, the fall, maybe early next year, uh, for those of us that, that work on policy issues. So again, there'll be some where we'll, we will be able to comment. There'll be others, largely those ones from the IRS, some implementation issues for which we'll get some guidance that'll help us answer the most pressing questions, um, but perhaps subject to changes later. Uh, if you go to Spark Forum in, in uh, Florida, make sure you get your absentee ballot in um, if you have a vote this year. Um, and But there's it's always a kind of a good time because there's always a lot of stuff that comes out sort of September, October. Regulators are just like regular people. Uh, the... the uh, the summer can be slow, but then they start really working in September and October. So I agree. I think we will see some of the things that I've talked about will be, have been released by then. Um, and, and so there's always a lot to talk about at the Spark Forum. Yeah, always a lot to talk about at the Spark Forum and also a lot of good information coming from the Spark organization through its newsletter and its website. Michael, we're going to have to leave it there. Great to talk to you as always. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. And that wraps up this episode of BRN Weekly. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news in lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, aging, so much more, all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, then visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRN Sunday. The Legal Eagles are back, and so is Oliver Rennick of the Schwab Network. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. Don't forget, roll with the changes.
Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.